Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Except no sandwiches. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to an Akdong Twitter space on a wet and windy Saturday evening, November. Then it is the height of summer. Maybe that's what the old global warming's doing to us all, dear listeners. What do we know? Um, big thank you to everyone for joining me. Um, I had an idea that we could do maybe something based around this cute and I, I, um, idea that I posted online earlier on. I actually have had some questions in from various parties i'm going to come back to those very very shortly big thank you to everyone who's responded to the question and answer um but i thought i'd just begin if i may whilst i wait for um various uh, co-hosts to join me um i thought i'd just dwell a moment if i may on the uh, the, uh, the loss of john barrows and obviously it's, there's been a lot of um you know, con- uh, conversation around the Millwall scene. You know, obviously the uh, uh, the, the the preliminaries before the game against uh, the, uh, Gillingham. Um, I just wonder what kind of loss this is going to, what kind of impact this is going to have on our club this summertime, dear listeners. I think um, it's going to be huge. Um, I think that we're going to really feel the impact. Obviously, there's a, a uh, his son James Barrelson has, has stepped into the breach. Um, part of the board since 2010, we understand. Um, but you can't take a loss like this and things just continue as, as they did previously. What do you think? What are your thoughts on the, you know, the huge, the huge loss that our club has suffered in recent weeks? How do you see the future? Do join me on uh, Twitter spaces. This is, uh, it's a bit like a radio phone in, uh, do feel free to join me. Um, Say your piece if you wish. I'm hoping that we're going to have some voices on with me very, very soon. Otherwise, you're going to get a monologue, a Nick monologue, which is um, all very well. But uh, always helpful and always nicer if there's other people to tune into the show. Um, so, yeah, do tell me what you think. Um, the impact of John Barrelson, what will you know, the tasks in front of, of James Barrelson, how's that going to affect our... Uh, club going forwards. We've made some signings recently. Obviously, prior to um, I think it was prior to John passing away, we we signed Joe Bryan. Um, recently, obviously, Casper de Nore. I think that's how we pronounce his name, the Belgian player who's come into the club. Uh, Wes Harding, 
uh, kind of a utility. I get a gritty sense of a, of a utility player. I don't know huge amounts about Wes Harding. Come from Rotherham. And the goal-scoring wonder so far, uh, Kevin Nisbet from Hibernians um, has really hit the ground running in pre-season football, listeners. Um, obviously, there's always, um, you know, some... You've always got to put that caveat, that asterisk over the the pre-season um, part of the, of the sentence. Um, but yeah, so far, so good. Uh, hat-trick the other day. Was that against... Um, was it Sutton he scored the hat-trick? Um, obviously, goals at Gillingham and at the other pre-season matches that we played. I think we've also it's a really interesting part of this this season is going to be the rise of the youth prospects. Uh, I'm not sure whether we can still include Alex Mitchell as a youth prospect. He has played in you know grown-up football, big boys football, so to speak, up in Scotland for a season. Um, so far, from what we've seen of him, I haven't seen huge amounts of him in pre-season, but he looks the part. Um, as far as uh, going forwards, the, the huge amounts of expectation on Ramon Essay's young shoulders. Um, I sometimes think that we, um, you know, we we have a, a kind of an expectation on their youth that they're going to hit the ground, become you know, new Lionel Messi, almost as they set foot on the pitch. He does look the part. He does um, give every impression of, um, uh, you know, having, having the ingredients. But um, it is a big... It is a big, big situation to be stepping into championship uh, championship football for a minor. That said, he is in England under twenty one, under uh, under eighteen international, I believe. So um, yeah, Chinakoli. Um, only seen a little bit of him. Saw him in the uh, the under twenty one cup final back in May. Looked really looked apart, I thought, but he looked a little bit um, overpowered down there at uh, the Priestfield the other week. And um, obviously Adam Malaki, Malachi, Malachi, I believe is, is the correct pronunciation of his name. Um, I'm going to try and invite Harry and I'm going to try and invite Michael if I can find them. Bear with me a second, dear listeners. I think we've got Harry whilst I say, try and fill the, the, uh, the silence with the sound of my voice. Um, we'll go back to the, the rise of youth prospects. Hey, Domo Marco is another one that I really like the look of in the friendly football that we've seen so far. So, yeah, a really interesting, interesting combination. Um, Harry, are you are you out there, mate? Or do I see you joining? Are you are you online? Is that is that you? Can you hear me? It is, it is me. I oh, it's here. great to have you because I, I felt like I was speaking into a kind of a void there, which is um, it's, it's always nice to have two voices, mate. Welcome to the show, Harry Warren. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Just uh, sitting here with a pint of madry, hearing you ramble on. <laughs> Well, when you do these shows, you start off with like nothing going on, and you're speaking to a, to a, to a blank. I did do some notes for myself, which is I was rapidly moving through notes quicker than the Ukrainians move through their ammunition out there in the war. And I thought, God Almighty, how, how much longer can I keep talking to no one? Um, and that, that was the answer. I was running out of space after about five minutes there. Um, Harry, funny old, funny old preseason in many respects. I'm mean, touched on obviously the loss of John Belsham. Don't particularly want to dwell too long on, on, on that particularly. But I, I do think that the, you know, the incoming um, new chairman, James Barrelson, it's going to have an impact on the club. It must do, mustn't it? I mean, he was so well thought of, John, um, to lose him. Uh, you know, and then obviously the, the, the boy, the boy, he's 46 years old, as the son comes in. Um, it's got to have an impact on the club, don't you think? Yeah, I think, I think everything will be slightly odd, uh, especially if you 
sort of take into consideration that everyone at the club is used to working to to John Berylson's ways, his intricacies. You knew probably what you were going to, you know, if you asked for X amount of pounds for a player, you probably know what the what the answer was going to be or what the conversation would be like. And now sort of everyone's starting, starting again, shall we say. So, yeah, I think considering everything that's gone yeah. on, the business that we've done so far has been very good. Yeah, I believe so. I'm, I'm hoping also we've got Neil now on the line. Are you, are you there, uh, Neil? Did you, um, I think I've let you in. Are you in, mate? Yeah, well, I'm here to deliver you big numbers, me and eight. <laughs> big numbers, that's what I want, mate. It's all about the numbers. Welcome to the show, Neil Fissler. Um, this is the this is the dream team, Neil Neil and Harry. Um, so welcome both to the show, chaps. Um, I mean, Neil, we 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 did a, a show the other day about the in the immediate aftermath of the loss of John Berylson. Um, So far, the the club appeared to be going about their business despite that big big you know kicking in 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 the in the in the balls. Really, um, we, we we're still signing players. I mean, obviously, most recently. The Belgian Casper de Noor, about whom I know very little other than one YouTube clip. So we do seem to at least um, be prepping for the season correctly, which I think is reassuring, mate, don't you think? Well, I've got to be honest. I think the signing of Wes Harding is totally un- un- completely underwhelmed. You don't like him? Quite why we're signing cast-offs from a team as poor as Rotherham is beyond me. Uh, yeah, well, I'm... Yeah, well, hopefully he can prove me wrong, but it just spanks of a, it, it just a desperation sign in that is surely. Why on the earth are we signing players that, yeah, that have actually got relegated with bloody Rotherham of all teams? The Belgium lad I've never seen play, uh, but I think if he's half as good as our last signing from over in that direction. Uh, Mr. Fleming, well, I can't wait to see him play. But I think the I think the death of Berylson has probably set us back slightly with our recruitment. We definitely need to get probably four or five more players in, if I'm honest, because the squad's a bit light on what it was last season. Well, funny enough, that's, that's one of the questions. I've got a few responses to my appeal for questions. Um, this is from Doug out there in uh, Stockholm. Shout out to Doug. Question for the Q&A show. I mean, maybe, Harry, you want to come in as well. Although the squad quality is looking better, I'm going to guess by that we're talking about Denor, although I've only... Got from you know we've all got only got very scant information on the boy really so far, but Doug asks are we now not um, smaller in in net terms than the Fred Bear squad we had last season at least for the second half as he puts it, and we've also got this new substitution rule now where I think we can have up to nine set on the bench. Is that correct, Harry? Do you know nine uh, nine on the bench? I, I mean, if that's happened, I. I haven't paid attention to it. If you can still only make, I, I've kind of stopped paying attention to how many subs you can make because it's just becoming a bit of a joke. I think it's the same, it's like no, the same number like of substitutions, a... but you can have more choices set on the bench, yeah, so to speak. Just, you know, it's just you can have nine on the bench this season, and I think you can use five. I think they've gone down the route of the Champions League. Right. Is it the Premier League? <laughs> oh, Could they have nine substitutes and they can use five of them? It's, oh, brilliant. it's a bit ridiculous, really, isn't it? The COVID, you... COVID was used as a as a thin end of a wedge to get that in, really, and it's never disappeared. Um, but yeah, I, I suppose we are 
we are weaker in terms of squad depth, which we weren't particularly blessed with last season either. Um, I, I, you know, trying to see where players fit in is quite interesting because ideally you'd want us to have another right wing back, but is Leonard going to play there with his Casper Denor coming in? Is Leonard now seen as a right wing back as back up to Danny McNamara? Mm. I think when Leonard played there in the game against Blackpool at the end of last season, I thought he was, you know, his attacking side of his game was more creative than Danny McNamara. Um, but Danny McNamara had a terrible sort of last three months of the season. And I think, you know, that can happen to any player. It could have been at the start of the season or the end of the season, but it just coincided with us defensively going off the boil a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I think. Realistically, we need a right, a right wing back slash right back. We need two wide players. Um, but other than that, I mean, I think we haven't got Honeyman's obviously injured as well. We've still got George Evans at the club, which still makes me giggle. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know how you can. Can we give him away or something? I don't know. Like, if I can, we'll pay his wages. Just get him out of the club. Make him Tyler Bury's minder or something. I don't know because he's, he's, he's um, you know, persona non grata. I noticed we've got Michael, Michael Avery. Are you on the line as well, Michael? I'd let you in, mate. Are you, are you there? I am. I was waiting to get my, uh, to put my two cents in. I know, I know what you're saying about the squad depth 100%. Um, but one thing I will say is, at least with the players we've let go, I don't know about you lot, but I wasn't sitting there thinking, oh, I'm, I'm gutted he's gone. I'm ashamed he's gone. There weren't any, there, there was a couple of players who were there who had a bit about them, but, you know, the, you can't really be surprised the players who went. And if, uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a kind of, oh, didn't see that one coming. But if, if Scott Malone's a player we've let go and he's been trialling with Gillingham and looking at League One, League Two, he's probably mm. was best he moved on. Question for you, Neil. I've got this, another question I've received via uh, direct message. It's from Kevin Fuller. Thank you, Kevin. Um, it relates to what, uh, what we've just been talking about. He's, he says, um, is Danny Mack worth his place in the side at the moment? Um, he thinks he's been poor for a while and he's cut a lot of slack because he's one of our own. Um, this is a Millwall trait, Neil, isn't it? I mean, you and me have been around the, the track a few times and it is a bit of a Millwall um, down, downfall is it that we 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 back our own? I don't think it's a downfall, but I think sometimes that can be at the, at the expense of quality. How do you how do you see the Danny Mac question, mate? I think that he probably set him. He, yeah, we probably set such high standards when he first came into the side, when he was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, let's not get away from it. He was absolutely. Mm. With, very, very good when he first came in, wasn't he? And maybe, yeah, he's a young player, so he's still learning the game. So sometimes they're not the most consistent, are they? And I just think he probably needs somebody behind him to give him a bit of a competition up the arse and to remind him that he isn't an automatic pick every week. Somebody that's going to challenge him for his place in the side which he didn't have for an awful lot of last season. I know that we signed Shackleton that could play there, couldn't he? But he was in and out, injured, yeah. and didn't really have a place. It didn't really push him, I don't think. Uh, I think I think he just needs a bit of a kick up the backside and to be reminded that his place in the side isn't a given. I don't know what anybody else thinks on that, but I wouldn't pick him out for undue criticism. I think it's just that he's probably his performances did actually drop off slightly. 
I don't think the start of last season helped him. I'll be honest, all of that, is he going to go, is he going to stay, and all that contract situation. Sometimes it leaves you playing catch-up, doesn't it? Or you have a catch-up during catch-up what you're having your dinner, <laughs> innit? Uh, but cat- well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I'll tell, I'll tell you what. Up. I'll tell you what. Here's a question, Neil. In, in hindsight, being a wonderful thing, with the season he had last year, let's just say that um, we we changed our transfer activity on account of what would have happened. Would you have let him go at the start of the year then, after how he finished it? And some people are saying his form may have been one of the contributions to why we didn't make the top six. I know that sounds harsh, but that's what I hear around me, mate. I th- I think the reason we didn't make the top six was because we didn't sign the striker. I don't think it's got anything to do with his form. Uh, we also have a goalkeeper that's in a yeah, true. Sort of, uh, yeah, of shots from twenty-five yards. Yeah, true. yeah, that does I it. Think yeah. that those were probably more contributing factors, and uh, probably actually losing our informed central defender, he, even though he was on loan. I think as many. Yeah, there are many factors why we didn't finish in the top six. To pick out Danny Mac, I think, is a bit harsh. Would I have sold him with hindsight? No, not really, because we didn't have anybody to replace him. It would have left us with somebody, yeah, with somebody else to get in. And yeah, but let's face it, our transfer policy last season was pretty hit and miss, wasn't it? I think that HR have plenty to say about it. Uh, we went through a stage in the summer where we got everybody in. And then I think we didn't build upon it when we needed to get players in in January. We didn't get players in in January. We were crying out for Nisbet in January and for whatever reason it didn't happen. And I think that if you're going to look at hindsight, I think that if you look at what Nisbet's done since he's got here, Give it leaves a big question of what if. Well, huge what if from last season. Just just to go back to Danny and Mac, just to close that 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 point, if I may, boys. Um, I, I I'm constantly struck. I mean, state the obvious, really. But football is such a fluid game, fluid sport. Because yesterday's hero is tomorrow's villain. And I mean, when there was a brief period where Danny was and Marlon Romeo were together in our squad, and they were kind of competing. And I think Danny Mac was pressing. Uh, Marlon, and then obviously the whole um, you know the controversy that overtook Marlon's position took him away from the club. But there was a period where um, there, there was a lot of call for Danny to replace uh, Marlon on, on on form ground. Certainly, then it became other stuff. I think after a while, um, but you know it, things changed because Danny arrived as one of our own, the hero, because he replaced the yesterday's hero. Because I remember when Marlon uh, first arrived at the club, he was much raved about and you know i remember going up to uh rotherham on one of those bone rattler trains and there was his, his dad was there the guy out of soul to soul and the whole carriage was singing back to life and all that kind of thing because he was he was today's hero and things the wheel turns and then suddenly you no longer the hero you're you're cast out and then danny arrives and he's a hero he's a millwall through and through one or two bad performances or maybe a consistent run of um, you know, it's kind of sixty percent type performances, and he's, he's he's the villain of the piece. It's a very very fickle sport. I know that's the nature of it, and you know, it'll always be so. But it just strikes me how, you know, to coin a cliche, yesterday's villain is uh, yesterday's hero, tomorrow's villain, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I think that 
Millwall always has to have a boo boy. Seems so. Like that. Always since I've been going, there's always been someone. It it doesn't matter who it is. There's always one in every squad. For years, it was Alan Dunn, regardless of how the team was playing. Or it was always Alan Dunn. Alan Dunn could score from twenty five yards. It's still Alan Dunn's fault, or he didn't do this or whatever. Then it was Dave Livermore for a while. David Tuttle. Mm. You know. Then I think I think some of those names that I've just mentioned are more deserving than others. But there's um, when we're playing well, and we have a boo boy. It's an interesting. It is interesting because it does tend to be Millwall youth prospects now playing that get shit. I compare it to you've mentioned mm. Marlon Thompson Nelson got a lot of shit. Uh, I mean, some players cannot be up to the standard, but I wouldn't call them. You know, they're not in the um, Jordan Stewart. Justin Oyet fucking wage thief car- uh, like yeah, category. Yeah. They are trying. They're just not up to it. And it's not their fault that they're thrown in by, at times, our poor recruitment and expecting... Because until sort of this under-21 side that are doing quite well, I've never really gone knowing that our that our youth prospects are any good, if you, if you know what I mean. You know, we, we sort of throw them in. Have we really... You know, maybe Aidan O'Brien's the only one that I've known that was... But seen as a great schoolboy and realistically, did Danny, did Danny, Danny know, come for our? Danny came for our system, didn't he? Or, or am I am I wrong? Yeah, but they're, they're, what I'm saying is, is we don't. We might get one a year if we're lucky. We don't. We don't. Don't produce, produce huge numbers. No, we're not no, I, I agree with three that. Three or four. Yeah. Um. So, so what happens is, is that we tend to. I don't know. We just tend to turn on our own, but. You know, there are players that are more deserving. You know, the Bury, the Bury thing. Bury, Bury deserves to be the boo boy. There's no fucking about. Like, there's no, there's no messing about. For me, what he did in that last game is unforgivable, and he can't play. For this, the is, this is making what Wanker signs at the crowd and uh, sticking yeah, his tongue out and whatever. Yeah. Regardless of what has been said to you, Millwall would respect you more if he had gone round, beaten three people, turned one into the top corner and then called us wankers. You can get away with it at that point. Morrison gets away with it for a large proportion because he'd done it. Tyler Bury has done fuck all. His goal-scoring record is worse than Romanese per game, to be fair. And he just... You haven't done... You haven't got a back category... And put the credit in the bank, so to speak. No. Yeah, yeah. To start cunting people off at the den on pretty much the worst capitulation since the six 0 hammering by Rotherham on the first day of the season, you you can't get away with that. And this is this is what I'm saying. Danny Mac is not in that category. And I I, I think you know there are more. I think Michael said it earlier. You there are more deserving villains of the piece than Danny McNamara. I I would like. I know I'm asking a lot. I would like us to go into next season. Very much understanding who the villains of the piece from last season were, um, some of which were the recruitment team. But let's let's get it right. Recruitment in football is very very difficult. You have you could have a list of sixty six players, three players for every position for your first team and your reserve team, and you could get none of them because you get outspent, you get outfought, something happens, an injury comes in. It, it, it's so easy for us all to play football manager. Uh, and I have experience of working this even in the women's game in the level that I do. You, you you can plan for everything or you think you're planning for everything and, and something will go wrong or an injury or, or, or something as simple as someone changing their mind and you're completely fucked. And it's it's nothing to do with your bad planning. It's just the universe conspiring against you. Mm. You know, 
Oliver Burke shouldn't be, shouldn't ever be Millwall's answer. Well, that was another question. question. You've, you've, you've thrown the name of Burke into the mix. Um, and uh, there's a tongue-in-cheek question from, um, from Doug in Sweden. Does Harry think we should re-sign Oliver Burke? <laughs> he, he, reminds me, he reminds me, Nick, of like Bet Lynch from Coronation Street. <laughs> when work dries up, he just pops up back at the bar, doesn't he? Oh, dear. He's there in his, we'll ta- uh, in his leopard skin top. We'll take it as a no, Mike. <laughs> 35 grand a week at fucking bird of friendly. 35 grand a week. Do you reckon, do you reckon Megan McKenna is other half? Do you reckon she knows that he actually lives in Germany? Do you reckon she I don't knows? know the girl. I don't, I don't. Or does she think that she's going to get a nice little flat in Canary Wall? I, I don't follow Insta Germany. like you do, Harry Warren. I'll tell you that much, mate. I don't know. They're from my neck. She's from my neck of the woods. Unfortunately, she was, she was on that TV program that made fucking my area famous. Old Essex. Only way is Essex. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah. It would be honest, I'd rather that we signed Oliver Leffert, <laughs> the former Tory MP, than bloody Oliver Burke again. I think it would be a massive it- step backwards. But, but unfortunately, down at Millwall, you know what Millwall's like? It was a standing joke with Michael Calvin's book and, uh, and Kenny Jackett's list. Yeah well, yeah, well, our managers, they do like returning to uh, past failures. Don't well, is, is, that, is that Wes Harding, Neil, do you think? Is that, is that Gary Rowett going for a player? I mean, I believe, did he play at Birmingham with, with Rowett? Yeah. That's, that's where he yeah, knows him from? Yeah, him at Birmingham. So I think it's, yeah, I think it's spot on. I think Phil Clark said uh, on, uh, are you sure when I said uh, why we're signing yeah. Rotherham? Yeah, we'd have taken Agbonne from Rotherham, wouldn't we? Yeah, we would have done. But Agbonne's a player. This guy's a journeyman, isn't he, really? Let's be honest I about it. I suppose the um, the proof of the pudding comes on August the 5th. But I've got a question here. One for you, Michael, actually. This is, uh, this is stick or twist. This is from S- Stephen S. Um, do we sell Fleming, Zian Fleming, now? Whilst the value is there, so we believe, we believe that Burnley are chasing him. Or do we gamble on another season, keep hold of him, hoping that he hits the heights? And uh, the second part of his question, so do we sell Fleming or not now? Or hang on, Jed Wallace style. And the second part of that question is if you do we agree, the panel agree, that uh, Roman Essay and Duncan Watmore could be great 
in the team this season. Keep up the great work. Thank you very much, Stephen. Um, do we sell Michael? Would you sell to Ian Fleming now? Or would you hang on to him? Fifteen million pound question. If, if the money was right, I'm not. I'm not going. I'm not going to lie. If, everyone's got their price. I know that's not going to make me popular. I know that some people have been saying about Ian Fleming and how great he had last year and this year and build the team around him. And I think, I think even someone on your. Uh, one of your review shows, Nick, was like selling for about thirty million or whatever it is. The, the value well, goes up and up and up, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing, the thing is, everyone's got their price. Let's not beat around the bush. You know, we we had it, we had it. You said it with Jed Wallace there. We come into the last year of his contract. Everyone was absolutely caning the club for sort of either not selling him earlier, or if if he wasn't going to sign a new contract, sell him. You know, Lee Gregory. There was questions about him. Do we sell him when he was in his when he's pomp and all that kind of thing? We just we we've had our we've had our fingers burned before when real talent like the Tim Cales, you know, mm. even Darren Wall went cheap. Um, Steve Morrison went cheap. You could even look as a player who, at the level when the time we got rid of him, was went on. A, I think it was a free or like two hundred grand. Someone like Zach Whitbread as well. These are good players who go for cheap. They've got they've got their price. If they say what the price is, if they meet it, he goes, and then you reinvest. I mean. As I know we're talking big money when we say like 15, 20 million pound strikers are um, are going to get you promoted. And yeah, they are. And yeah, we may not be able to afford them. But what did we get Fleming for? A couple of million? If that, 1.5. Yeah, exactly. Neil was saying about recruitment earlier on. Recruitment seems to be widening their net, looking abroad for players now. If you can get a player of the quality, I mean, I know they obviously don't grow on trees, but if you can get the play, a player of the quality of Zian Fleming or at least his influence, maybe not his finishing because, you know, each player's different, but if he's if his influence on the side for similar money and then you've got £15 million change, you can buy other players. We're talking about a threadbare squad. What's the point of keeping hold of one player if we can sell him for 15 and actually improve other positions, which we've just listed? Might not make me popular, but... Well, I don't care. What, what, what none of us know, really. I mean, Neil, none of us know what the player thinks, do we? I mean, obviously, they're, they're not going to be a public voice in this. But, I mean, if it was me and someone's dangling a slice of the £15 million action in front of my nose to go and live in Burnley for um, a couple of years, you'd be very tempted. I mean, you, you know, your, your, your own employment wishes will come into the equation. So, you know, it's on the one hand, no, we may or may not want to sell him. And if we can retain his services, all well and good. But equally, the player would have his own um, wishes as well, his own desires, so to speak, wouldn't he? I go along with Michael. I think everybody's got their value and and the club will have a price in mind for him. Uh, I would say that we don't... that. If we clear fifteen million pounds for ourselves, don't forget there's supposed to be a hefty sell-on clause yeah. involved yeah. in this. And from everything I read, Burnley were pissing around trying to get him on the cheap, weren't they? Eight million pounds was never going to be enough, not for a player that scored the number of in the championship. Scored last season. Yeah, yeah, well, in the championship. He will have his value, and I do agree that uh, that if they meet our valuation of him, and hopefully our valuation is reasonably high, uh, because uh, yeah, but it's that buy, sell, invest, reinvest, isn't it? That kind of situation. I think, as Michael said, uh, I think if he stays, 
we stand a better chance of promotion. Oh, 100%. 100%. Because, because, because one thing we have seen is that the championship is going to be a lot stronger this year. There aren't going to be any Lutons or, or maybe even Coventrys in and around the playoffs. Uh, everybody seems to have spent money in uh, recruited. Well, you look at Bristol City, have they recruited 10 to 15 players and they're still talking about selling one of their best players for about 20 million yeah. quid? So I think if if he's got a value and a team meets that value and not not as Burnley were doing, offering us 8 million quid with a couple of million of add-ons, that isn't enough for him, I'm sorry, especially if we have to give 25% of that away. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, Harry, I think it was Sir Alex Ferguson said that every club in the world is a selling club in the end. Maybe, maybe not Real Madrid at that time he said it, but um, I think everyone has a has a value and every club is a selling club in the end. I suppose now the modern-day equivalent would be Manchester City. Perhaps they're not a selling club, but... Um, Everyone else probably is to some level, depending on the price, mate. Um, yeah, but they are this summer. They're yeah, well, I suppose they've, yeah, they've got a load of fiddles to contend with. <laughs> Financial misdeeds um, to to uh, to attend to. Allegedly, Allegedly, yeah. Save the save the lawyers. Um, Harry, what's, I mean, are you are you looking forward to the new season, mate? Um, we've we've touched on. Yeah, let me answer. Oh, sorry, Zion, Zion, Zion. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, fifteen million is. 15 million is the bare minimum I'd take for him. I don't really care about the add-ons or the sell-on fees. I think Millwall's main problem is we don't have a goalkeeper that I trust. Uh, Burnley seems to have quite a few of them, so I'd, I'd take £40 million pound if you're going to give me a decent Do a deal for a keeper. For a yeah. season. Um, for a season. Um, and get us out of jail. Well, that's, that's, what, that's what Phil's just... I don't know if you've just seen it. That's what Phil Clark's just messaged. Do we need a goalkeeper? Yeah, we do. Of course, we need a fucking goalkeeper. We've got one that can't fucking. We can't can't be our goalkeeper. That's, yeah, well, you know, we're after I, a goalkeeper, weren't we? And, yeah, yeah, it's fallen through, wasn't it? Tremaine or somebody bloke who plays for Bournemouth. I don't understand why we don't go and get. You, you know, this this idea that Man City owe us a favour and all this. If you get fourteen million quid, let's get this fucking elephant out of the room. If you get fourteen million quid, go and take the kid up front that they play every now and then that don't play in the chat that plays, what, the Champions League fucking group stage, go take him on loan and take the fucking keeper that was at Middlesbrough last season. Who, that kid, that kid yeah, Scott Carson, yeah? No, not Scott Carson, the one who was on loan at Middlesbrough. Don't know, don't know. Is, is our Bart second fiddle now, Harry? Is he very definitely second fiddle for you? What, no, uh, uh, Bart Bielkowski. No, I'd play Bart over George Long. Bart should be our number one, but we've got this fascination with kicking the ball, which is the least important thing in goalkeeping. But the most important thing is keeping the ball out the back of the net. We've got a goalkeeper that's incapable of doing that. If Bart could kick like George Long, Bart wouldn't be at Millwall, even at his age. But that's the, that's the difference. So I know what I prefer. I prefer a goalkeeper who can keep the ball out the back of the net. The, the, the simple fact is they're both broken. They're both on long-term, goalkeeper, uh, long-term contracts. Which terrifies mm. me. I, I don't understand why this wasn't wasn't seen um, coming. It, 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 you know, yeah, 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 fucking George Long is old enough to have played probably 300, 400 games before he gets to Millwall, and he hasn't. And that, you know, that that was the same for David Ford. But David Ford got better as he was a number one. George Long seemingly had a crisis of confidence at the end of last season, akin to Jordan Archer. 
you know, and I was right about Jordan Archer. What's Jordan Archer do now? Professional bench warmer for any <laughs> championship club. Um, but it's a very, it's a very specialised position. There are not many good goalkeepers that play in the championship that I've got experience. Um, and we don't seem to want to make this very simple decision because they're going to cost money. And, they, you know, they'll save you 12 points a season. Yeah. No, I agree, he, agree, he agree, agree, in, agree. In, in key games last season, George Long, the Sunderland game alone, he should have got a straight red card and he dropped the ball in the back of the net. You know, and that is the points that we dropped to a team that ended up beating us to get in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, Zach Stefani was the goal. Uh, yeah, was the goalkeeper. I think somebody's put in the somebody's put in the comments below. Yeah. Uh, I think he was the keeper at Middlesbrough last year, wasn't he? Well, I, yeah, well, I do agree. I do think we well, we do need to be looking at our goalkeeping options. But the thing is, as Harry's pointed out. The worrying thing is that Long and Bart are both under contract. They gave them new contracts, didn't they? They did, the intriguingly, intriguingly. Yeah, they did. Um, so, and a club like ours, <laughs> are we going to carry three or four senior goalkeepers when you can only play one at a time? And well, this, I mean, this is this, we're still, obviously, uh, we've got uh, friendly games on Tuesday night against Charlton. Uh, Fortuna Sittard is next Saturday, so I'm presuming that there will be stories unfolding over the next uh, two weeks up until the the big kickoff on August the 5th, where we've got a very expensive train journey for those that are making the journey up to Middlesbrough. Well done to anyone that's taking that 120-odd quid return ticket to get to Middlesbrough, chaps, which is incredible. Uh, I'll be I'll wanna, channel Aaron I'd, right now. How how much? Much? I'd want to go to the old guard for a week for, for 120. But anyway. Fucking hell, you'll be doing well, mate. You won't get further than <laughs> <in> my <laughs> Well, God, I won't get further than Middlesbrough, clearly, H. But anyway. Um, so, yeah, so we've got a tough opening series of fixtures, actually. I think we're going to find out a lot about this squad. Um, I, I do worry a little bit, as I think it was um, Doug that said that we might look a little bit thin in places unless there's going to be more storylines to come over the next next week or two, but certainly Borough and Bristol at home. Sunday morning trip up to Norwich as a, as a uh, game and Stoke. Um, talking about Sunday football, boys, just before we, we close, I think my dinner might be ready downstairs. So I'm going to go and have my dinner very shortly. Um, but we, we've had another game switched to, uh, the Leeds game's been switched to, that's a Sunday, I believe, 12 o'clock kickoff. Um, the Brom game has been switched. I think that's a Saturday, but at 12.30 start, obviously, We've just mentioned Norwich. Um, I think we're going to have to face a lot of this increase. I mean, people, there's an outcry online about it, but um, I think we've just got to get used to this. The less the game will be changed. Yeah, almost certainly, Harry. Uh, tasty, tasty fixtures. It's absolutely criminal that they've changed the Leeds game now, to be quite honest. They, yeah, they have a whole raft of fixture changes when the fixtures are first announced. And then to leave it Three weeks, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, yeah, well, then suddenly decide that this game's a Sunday. Sky, and they were making great points that during 
uh, lockdown, football was nothing without the fans. They don't give a fuck. No, you believe that, fans. you'll believe anything, listeners. Let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, if you believe that Sky care about the fans, you believe in the tooth fairy and Boris Johnson <laughs> as Prime Minister, <laughs> to be quite the honest. Flat, the flat earth, <laughs> Yeah, seriously, seriously, they do not give a toss. It's, at, it, it, it's nothing short of criminal that they that they can change games at short notice. Leeds was a game I quite fancy coming up. Yeah. It's a good Sky TV. It's a Sky TV money, boys, I'm afraid. I know, we've been doing, I know we've been doing a lot of banners recently. Obviously, I've seen a few people make a, a Berylson mm. banner and, and stuff, and that's all great. I really, really like free banners in every like in the free main stands. To fuck Sky, just a big banner saying fuck Sky Sports. <laughs> just fucking big fucking banner. Fuck Sky. Every, so they can't put any fucking screen on, right? Because what they like doing now is they like, they don't actually send any reporters to the ground because it's cheap. So they do it from a centralized office where probably they used to throw fucking Soccer AM before they fucking killed that off with some bullshit to fucking terrible lower league women football players and I worked with them but I wouldn't have scouted one of them that fucking was on there. Right? So that's how bad she was. How many measures right? you had fucking... tonight, Harry? How many you had? Two, two, two. 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 I'm only on two. <laughs> we're, 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 I'm just getting ahead of ski. But, um, but basically, yeah, fuck them. Because we're not liked anyway. I don't understand this idea of trying to... It really fucked me off last season. It's probably a wider point. Of the club trying to change us from what we are. And there's this ever-growing thing as I grow towards my mid-30s that the club is in danger of losing what makes it unique and good for this chasing of the Twitter generation, maybe the generation after me, that is sort of not, I wouldn't use the word woke, but I'm going to use it, not so much woke as more like woke light. And I couldn't give a fuck if Sky don't like us. I couldn't give a fuck if nobody likes us apart from the 14, 15,000 people that turn up every Saturday and give a shit. And only really nine of those, nine thousand of those probably give a shit because they were the poor fuckers that used to sit with me on Tuesday night watching Sean Bat play football against Leighton I'm going to, new, new, new competition for the season, Michael. You're going to get you to run it through the MSC, mate. Woke, woke bingo on Akdung. So you buy a ticket and you're how many minutes before the first mention of woke and win, winners will, will make a donation to the food bank based on, on the winning, winning ticket. Um, that's going to be my new proposal for the season. Yeah, Keno just put in, I think it was Keno, just put in the chat um, or the little box underneath it said it was to do with all the clashes and all that. But I sort I saw, I, I kind of get that. But before they got promoted, they never moved the kickoff before. So I, I think I think you're going to see a you're going to see a lot of it. I mean, there's even this. Um, uh, I could have swore that it was on Sky at twelve thirty. I thought they announced that it was on Sky. Yeah, well, I know that Phil. Said Le- Leeds it, have also set very two months very notice. high prices, haven't yeah, they, for, for their tickets? Two months notice, and you're looking at extortionate train fares. People might already have booked their train. Absolutely, and that's the least uh, of anyone's concern. Like but they've also they've all got a scheme of setting very very high away ticket prices as well. Which um, is this? Didn't they do that? Sorry to cut over you. Didn't they do that last time for the four free? And they ended up having to give us refunds because they charged us more 
for being in the in era law that you have to charge the same to away fans if you're in the same There's some state. ruling like that. Because they've moved you. Yeah, 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 side, yeah. Basically, they it's like. Quite- yeah, yeah, basically. It's a powerful do, seat, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, the, 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 the view on the other side. That's why, funny enough, I was saying it earlier on to someone. That's where that whole um, 20s plenty thing is all well and good when you write it down and want to put um, protests up about it. But when that means the home club's got to lose about 15 grand a week, um, would we support it as much then? I it, think affects I... us as, it affects us as well as a home team, obviously. I think if you have, de- if you have designated away ins, it shouldn't matter. I think 20 quid for an away fan is is perfectly acceptable. If you want to support your own team, I know it's cheaper in the away end, but really the away end self-policing and no self-respecting home fan's going to buy a ticket in the away end. I've got a truth for every listener to this this show um, and it might come as a bit of a revelation to a lot of us. They don't really want away fans at football games, boys. That's the thing. Um, much as the, the game might talk, as Neil said earlier on, about the fans being the centre of the action, blah, 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 blah. It's not true. They, they, what they want is photogenic, um, photogenic images with uh, safe slogans and being displayed. And it's, it's a kind of a TV product now. And so basically, Palace Ultras. That's they what want Palace Ultras there, across the board, mate. And I'm afraid that you know, I don't think I'm take, saying anything that won't come as a. Uh, Some of everyone listening to the show knows. I'm afraid the 1970s and 80s are long gone. But um, that's 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 the truth of it, Harry. And, and I think they. The, the most effective weapon in this world is money. And, um, you know, if you make it too expensive, I'm not going to go to Borough. I would have, wouldn't mind going up to Borough, actually. It's a train journey up. But I'm not going to go up there for 100 and odd plus quid, plus your ticket, plus the food and all the rest of it. So they've pri- they price like people out of the market, H. That's, that's, that's... Yeah, you're a pensioner, though, Nick. So even Even with my over 60 card listeners, it was still going to cost me £105, I think it was, when I looked. Well, that £15 discount. Yeah, well, but then, so which meant there's a third on top of that for, for regular customers, you know. Well, I ain't going to do it, you know. Um, but that's the truth of it. They, they're The most effective way of pricing trouble out of football is, is, boy, is literally that. Price it out because that's, that's what works. It'd be cheaper. It generally would be cheaper, whatever car you drive, to literally put a tank of fucking fuel in and drive up. Yeah. It literally would. No, no, no. Agreed. Agreed. Chaps, Miss, a fearsome weapon also is my wife when she's done the dinner and um, she's giving me a shout from downstairs. I'm going to call this Twitter space um, to, to, to a conclusion. I want to say thank you, Neil Fisler, for joining the show. Thank you, Neil. Yeah, no problem, mate. Yeah, we'll always happy to deliver you big Absolutely. Numbers, this we, is the big numbers. Harry, Big. enjoy your enjoy your evening. Have another madri, mate. I will, I will definitely have another match tree <laughs> and uh, start start football managing goalkeepers fucking sitting on the FM23. And Michael Avery, big thank you for joining the show, uh, Michael. No problem at all. And I'm really happy we didn't talk about the blueness of the new kit. We can save that for oh, next time. I cannot give a toss about the blue shirts. Yeah, it's the wrong colour blue. Who cares? We, we play in blue and white. It's tradition. It, it's the wrong colour if you, blue. If you've though. grown men worrying about that, this, this, we'll put them on Zoolander's fashion catwalk. Big thank you for listening, dear listeners. I'll be doing a, a recorded version of this in due course. Until next Twitter space. I might do another one after the next week's uh, game if I'm about. Anyway, until then, Arriva Dirty Mill. Thank you for listening. Bye for now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.